Duff, your field force is hereby dissolved with accolades for good service. I wanted you to screen us while we massed, and you've done just that. The RAA ban of the PPA has mustered, and you're in command of that, of course. You'll deploy the association foot to the right wing of our position, and the chivalry will be part of our general reserve. Forward bases at Goldendale, Your Majesty, she said. Yes, and our field hospitals and supplies will stage out of there. Matilda has been overseeing our build-up in the area. Matty, you'd better brief the Grand Constable. She nodded, and Darth scrubbed at a spray of blood across her long, stark-boned face. I'll get there and see about slotting people in then, the Grand Constable said. Her Majesty can brief me on the way back. Rudy nodded. I'll be there by dawn tomorrow. We'll have everything up within two days except the rear guard. There's enough forward to hold, but I don't expect the onset until then. She nodded back. They'll want to have everything in place. They have the advantage of numbers, after all. The High King of Monteval grinned starkly. Yes. And we'll see what we can do about that. Chapter 1 County of Orea, formerly Central Washington, High Kingdom of Monteval, formerly Western North America, October 30th, Change Year 25, 2023 A.D. Rudy had been inclined to think the final ball a waste of time and resources, one of the peacocking associate habits that he had to put up with for the sake of harmony and which the North Realm nobles insisted upon even on the eve of battle. And perhaps there was an element of sheer vanity in it. But on second thought, who should say how a man prepares his innermost self to die? Or a woman, sure. They have to be here. And the most of their ladies, too, for they're working in the field hospitals, or managing the supplies, or something of that sort waiting for their lovers and brothers to be brought back on their shields. The only real burden is that they've brought their party clothes. Garb, they call it, along this far. And we're close to the river. There's a certain mad gallantry to it, a defiance of fate. My foster father says the Duke of Wellington's officers did the same thing on the eve of Waterloo. Torches, and fires of pine wood and iron cages, and strings of softly glowing paper lanterns lit the interior of Castle Goldendale's Bailey Court, the broad paved expanse at the heart of the inner keep, the great hall and the chapel and the quarters of the seneschal and his officers surrounded it in an irregular circuit of roofs and balconies, spires and pointed arch windows. Candles glowed in the church, through the rich colors of stained glass, rotten saints and angels. Matilda and some others had had their mass there, though most of the hosts had used household chaplains and field priests in the encampments. A lingering scent of incense mingled with burning conifer sap and the cool night air. Sparks drifted heavenward. The narrower slits of the solars and guard rooms and the high round towers of the keep were bars of yellow against the half-glimpsed soaring heights, 
as much sensed as seen where their dark bulk blocked out the stars. Folk more humble crowded some of them. The castle staff, maidservants and men-at-arms, watching the gaudy flower-petal brightness below as a show arranged for their entertainment. Black-armored spearmen of the Protector's Guard stood at intervals around the enclosure, motionless as statues of gleaming dark metal, with the visors of their salad helms down and leaving nothing to be seen but an occasional glint of eyes behind the vision slits, the gleam echoing the yellow and scarlet of the lidless eye on shields like four-foot elongated teardrops. Kilted longbowmen of the High King's archers shared the duty, and honor, with their great yew bows and the crooks of their arms. The walls enclosed the sound of the players as well. Shawm and lute and recorder and viol.